Hi there, and God bless you. I'm Brian Hallam. I pray that this message is a blessing to you. Thank you for downloading it, and thank you for following me on Twitter and Instagram and for liking and sharing what we post there. I just want you to know that I believe God wants to do something great in your life and in your family. So as we go into the Word today, let's go in with faith and hope and a high level of expectation for what God is going to do in your life. Well, bump your neighbor, tell them they look good in church, and you can be seated. How many of y'all just lied in church right there? Luke and Shelly, y'all come up here just a second. Y'all give a big God bless you to Luke and Miss Maricela Rayford. They are uh, original sons and daughters of the house. Many of you guys know them. They actually met in and amongst New Heights Church, what, four years ago? And now they've been married for like, how long? How long, Luke? <laughs> Coming on a year, a year and a half, year and eight months, praise the Lord. They're, they're just doing great. Uh, they, they've moved to Las Vegas and have already found a great church out there and are helping launch another powerful church. And so they came in to worship with us. So can you guys just give a great big we love you? So proud of what y'all are doing. Praise the Lord. We're in the middle of a series we're calling Unbroken. Unbroken, meaning the fact that you come to God broken is not the exception. That, that's who we all are. I, I think for whatever reason, there's, there's some idea that, that if we're broken and we come to the Lord, that somehow we are the messed up ones when the reality is we're all messed up. And the, the ones who don't think they're messed up, they're like the most messed up ones out there. You know what I mean? So for us, we're, we're, we're learning what it means to live the unbroken life, a life that is repaired by God, and there's four major keys, uh, and you can look at the little uh, uh, folder you have there, but there's four major keys. Number one is you got to know what your purpose is. The first thing God ever gave mankind was a purpose. first thing he wants to give you when you give your life to him is a purpose. Uh, at New Heights Church, we boil it down to a real simple phrase. We exist to love people and point them to Christ. This is our purpose. Now, each one of us has some individual things that we're called to do and uh, 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 definitely different aspects that are very unique to each one of us. But at the end of the day, as believers, we're called to love people and point them to Christ. So if we understand our purpose, now we have an eternal motive. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about priorities. And, and what do priorities or godly priorities even look like? And really, is it even possible to have godly priorities in 2017 and beyond? I'm going to get into that in just a moment. Next week, we're going to talk about provision. The one common denominator between every person in this room and every person watching online, the one common denominator between us all is we all have to have resources to go and buy bread, to go buy milk, to go buy eggs. Well, actually, I don't have to buy eggs because we have chickens. And I want you to know, our eggs, they cost us probably about $4 a piece. I'm just going to let you know. When you add up the cost of a coop and, and all the food and all the stuff, and let me just tell you something else. Our chickens, we, we, let, them, we let them free range, so they, they, they go around everywhere. And it, to be honest with you, it helps with all kinds of stuff. But they, they go around everywhere, and they, they peck all the bugs in the yard and stuff. And I just want you to know, there are two options when it comes to chickens. You can either have farm fresh eggs or clean concrete, but you cannot have both. Some of y'all are going to get that in a minute. You just, you walk outside, you're like, okay, babe, I'm going to church. I'll see you in a minute. Praise the Lord. They've gotten in the house before. I'm just going to let you know. Anyways, we all have this common denominator that we need resources to function in this realm in this dispensation. So next week, we're going to talk about the provision of God. What does he even say about money in the Bible? How does it apply to us? Where can we put our faith? Does God even care about my money? And, and why are we talking about money in the house of God? Why are we talking about money in church? Well, I'll give you one uh, spoiler. Jesus talked about money as much as he talked about a lot of other things because he cares about us so much that every area of our life is important. 
So if finances are such a major... Did you know that more divorces happen because of stress of money than almost any other thing? How many of you would just like to just tear the, the, the veil in half and just say, you know what, we're not going to be scared of any topic in the house of God. Somebody give God a big amen. amen. Then the last week of the series, we're going to talk about people because really nothing matters to God more than people. That's why tonight we'll have our New to New Heights uh, meeting. I'd love for you to come out. All of our First Touch team will be there. I'll be there. We're going to have a great time in the Lord. We're going to have us a bite to eat. I'm going to talk about some of the things that are coming up in 2018 and really identify what being a member of New Heights Church is about and then help us all connect. But tomorrow, this morning we're talking about priorities. What, what are priorities? Well, a simple definition of a priority is something that you place ahead of something else. It becomes a priority. So in our life, if godly priorities should be what we strive for and implement, then we need to figure out, number one, what are godly priorities? How do we implement them, move them around? What can we do to have priorities? Because most people don't even have priorities. Everybody will say that they have priorities, but the problem is their priorities change with their circumstances. Priorities shift based off of circumstances. So number one, and, and I'm going to give you four keys this morning. So if you're, if you're taking notes, write this down. Here's the number one key to, to literally having godly priorities in your life. Number one, this is real deep. You're going to love this. Have some. Most people are fluttering around through life between when their job or their business tells them to be somewhere, when the school or the school event tells them to be somewhere, when their family or, their, or, or something else tells them to be somewhere. And if you need proof, let me give it to you like this. The only time you get the oil changed in your car is when the light comes on and it starts to tell you when you're going to go get your oil changed. It tells you when your priority is. So the first key to having godly priorities is to begin to develop some. James, the the brother of Jesus Christ, said in in chapter 1, verse 8 of of the book that he wrote, he said it like this. He said, a double-minded man is unstable. You have to know how you're going to react and respond before you get to the situation. Somebody say amen. Uh, Not too long ago, we were out uh, doing some of the things that we do, and we were taking our kids to witness uh, in in, in a certain area because we knew there would be a bunch of people, and it's great training uh, to to help them get some confidence on how to share uh, the gospel uh, with an individual that maybe they don't know or or otherwise. But, But what you do before you ever get into that mode, you have to tell yourself, I am going to be a blessing to everybody that I can. That's my intention. And if they don't like what I say or they, you know, bless God, spit in my face metaphorically or the other words or or make light or whatever, I'm not going to be offended because I'm here trying to be a blessing. So I'm not going to be offended. So what happens is, is you make the decision before the situation comes up. Now you have prioritized how you are going to behave above how everybody else behaves around you. Can I get a witness? So throughout this entire thing, the the number one key to having priorities is you have to have some. The Bible says as a man believes in his heart, so is he. That means uh, uh, this week, some husbands and wives, some some, uh, friends and family, if it's just you right now, you need to sit down and think on what are some of your priorities. What are some of the priorities in your life? Because when the situation comes up, then it starts to get cloudy, okay? It starts to get messed up. Let, Let me give you another example. So... Did you know that whatever you have your children around is normal for them? Did you know children, uh, there are some people that are circus performers and they have children. And at two or three years old, that little two or three year old will be walking a tightrope over a 40 foot net at three years old. And you would say, oh my goodness, I can't believe you'd let them do that. Let me tell you something. Whatever your children are around, that's normal to them. If you're a, a, a bingle tire, a, a bangle tire, I don't know if it's bingle, bangle, whatever it is. If you're, well, if you're from East Texas, it's bangle. I'll just let y'all know. It's bangle. If you're a tiger and lion tamer, 
it might be just normal for you to have your kid go throw ribeyes to a bunch of big cats. I don't want my children anywhere around a lion or tiger, but in that world, that is normal. So whatever you have your children around, that's normal. When we trim trees at my house, which we we do typically every winter to try to keep them looking good, I've got one of my children, 8 or 11 years old, my older two, they'll be in the tractor raising daddy up 12, 15 feet in there. I'm hanging off the thing with a chainsaw trimming the trees. If you walked up and said, that's crazy, I'll tell you this, I'd say this, is my son's been driving tractors longer than most adults have been driving tractors. Because whatever you're around, this is normal. So, how does this apply to priorities? If your family, your extended family, your friends and otherwise... Whenever you get together, they want to get together with you. If their whole plan for the day is to drink 800 beers and smoke 7,000 cigarettes and tell 8 million dirty jokes and you decide to have your children around that, guess what? That is normal to your children. Now all of a sudden, we have no priorities because here's the other thing. Godly priorities will always cost you something. I don't know where the idea came that Christianity won't cost you something. Christianity will cost you everything. It is an exchange of your old life for a new life. Sure, heaven is, is our reward and heaven doesn't come with any effort on our part other than believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. But if you think just going to heaven is the only thing God had intended for you whenever he saved your soul, you are drastically missing the mark. He saved you for a purpose, to become a fisher of men, to raise your children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And when you prioritize the health and well-being of your children to say, whatever I have them around is normal to them, then you start to determine, I'm not just going to have them around everything. Did you know some things are easier to just never let in than they are to get out? If it's not normal for you and your family to go and do that, now all of a sudden it becomes an abnormal thing and the enemy begins to try to work from the outside against them instead of just working from the inside against them. You say, well, my family's not going to like that. Well, you've got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. Boy, I just heard a country and western tune just come. (laughs) Something women like about a pickup man. Oh, prioritize your life. You begin to say, no, I'm going to put some priority. It may cost me some relationships. You say, well, they're going to talk about me. They're going to think I'm this. They're going to think I'm that. Well, you're in good company because they talked about Jesus and they thought he was this and they thought he was that. Christianity's got to stand up and begin to prioritize life or we are going to lose the next generation. It will cost you something to live for God. And if it's not costing you something, I question whether you are living for God. We have a purpose and we have to prioritize our life. We have to make a shift. We have to begin to say what's important and what's not important. How do we make that transition? Well, we begin to do this. Number two, we begin to prioritize. What We begin to align our priorities with Christ's priorities. You say, what are are Christ's priorities? I'm glad you asked. Matthew chapter 22, verse number 36. They asked Jesus, said, what's the greatest commandment in the law? What's the most important priority that you have, Jesus? What is number one? And Jesus said unto them, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. What's the the number one thing? Well, number one, I got to love God with everything I've got. And love is a verb, not an emotion. That means there should be action in my life that says I actually prioritize God over everything else in my life. Somebody say amen. Amen. We begin to prioritize the things of God, the house of God, the word of God. And then Jesus does something real interesting. He answers questions that we don't ask. How many of that's ever happened to you? Jesus just answered a question. You didn't even ask it. You're like, Lord, I, I, I don't even know. So Jesus tells you to be nice to somebody. You're like, I didn't ask you that. He'll just answer a question you didn't ask. He goes, and the second one, number two, most important, is to love your neighbor as yourself. 
Side note, if you don't love yourself well, how can you love your neighbor well? Because he says, love your neighbor like you love yourself. So if you're spending all day beating yourself up and, and, and doing the devil's job in your own life, talking about all the negative things you've ever done or thought or otherwise, literally, how can you expect you to love your neighbor when you don't love yourself? Because the Bible says you are the righteousness of God in Christ. So he says, he says, number one, he says, number one, he said, he said, love God with everything you've got and then love people. This is where we came up with love people and point them to Christ. To do our very best to put our priorities in line with God's priorities. To put what we desire in line with what God desires. Because here's what, happened. here's what happens when you begin to put your desires in congruence or in a line with what God's desires are. You begin to see God get in the middle of your own desires. He begins to make your dreams come through, true along the way. But if you're going to do this right and set priorities in the modern era, listen to me very carefully, you have to major on the majors. You can't go splitting hairs and expect to be able to win the loss to Christ on a consistent basis because everybody comes from a different background. You don't know why they're in that situation. You don't know what they did. You don't know what their parents did to them. You don't know why. You said, man, they've been divorced 700 times. You don't know why they were divorced 700 times. It might have been the biggest blessing in the world to get them away from the person that was abusing them over and over and over again. You have no idea why somebody is in a situation. You have no idea. We have to major on the majors. If we're going to live with godly priorities, we have to major on the majors. What are the majors? Jesus gave us the top two. Love God with everything you have and love people like you love yourself. How, are you, how, should, how do you love yourself? Well, number one, you always give yourself the benefit of the doubt and you weigh yourself based off of your intentions. And for whatever reasons, Christians are real good at weighing everybody else on their actions. Yeah. We look at how we talk and we say, oh, they shouldn't be mad at me. I didn't mean it that way. But then they just look at us funny and they're like, what is their problem? <laughs> Did you see how she just looked at me right there? I don't know what her problem is. I'll tell you. I mean, somebody be driving by you in traffic and, 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 you, and you, they'll just look at you and you'll be like, did you see that guy? I think he was looking at me funny. They didn't do anything. But we, 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 we weigh, we measure and judge everybody else on their actions. But we want to be judged on our intentions. Oh, I didn't mean it that way. You still hurt them. You still cut them deep. You still, you still said something that was harmful. Well, it's true. Well, everything that's true doesn't have to be told. Sometimes God lets you know some things so that you can cover it up. The Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. Just because you know something somebody else did wrong doesn't mean you're supposed to be the trumpet bearer to go tell everybody. Oh, somebody say amen in the library. Nice and quiet in here this morning priorities. We major on the majors. You say, well, well, is that where we stop? Absolutely not. Number three, write this down. Don't stop there. We major on the majors, but we do not stop there. God's plan for your life was not for you to live in one dimension, in one just, just having one facet of your life. No, you're like a diamond. You're bezeled and cut and faceted. And every direction we turn you, there ought to be another area that's just shining for God. You say, well, what, what do you mean? If we're supposed to major on the majors, Jesus said it like this in Matthew 23, 23, the next chapter. He said, he said you guys are, he's talking to you, he goes, you Pharisees, he said, you guys tithe real good and that's wonderful. You should tithe. He said, but you, you omit the other parts of the law. In other words, he goes, he goes, he goes you tithe, but you're a jerk all week long. You tithe, but you're mean to your family. You tithe, but you haven't, you haven't shared Christ with anybody in 700 years. Man, this is heavy. He said, you, you, you do this, but Jesus then, he didn't stop it there. He goes, he goes, this should you have done, but don't leave the other undone. In other words, there are things that are more important, but that doesn't mean that you just don't do the other things. He said, you should tithe. You should offer. He said, you should uh, help out. You should do all that. He said, but that's not the, that, that's, just, that's just part of it. You should do that, but then don't leave the other undone. In other words, it's like your car. If you want to get somewhere, you're going to want some windshield wiper fluid if it's love bug season. 
But if you don't first put some gasoline in the car, the windshield wiper fluid's not going to do you any good. You have to major on the majors, but don't leave the other stuff undone or you'll be looking through a blurred window the rest of your life trying to figure out what's wrong. Why is God so against me? Do this, but don't leave the other undone. You begin to prioritize the things of God in your life. You begin to prioritize who he is in your life. This you should do but not leave the other undone. In other words, we begin to align our life and efforts with Christ Jesus. We, the, the, the number one thing we've got to do if we're going to have priorities is we've got to have some. There should, be, and, and there should be three to four minimum non-negotiables in your life. Non-negotiable. We don't do that. Three to four, we do that. Places where you have drawn a line in the sand and you have said, I am prioritizing the things of God. Remember what we read in Proverbs before we received the offering? Honor the Lord. He is the heaviest, most important weight in my entire life and my priorities indicate that. If you have a child... You have 900 Sundays before they turn 18 years old. That's it. That's all you've got. Actually, 936. You have 900 Sundays before they turn 18 years old to get the word of God on the inside of them. To get them so filled with the power of God and exposed to the fire of God. You say, you don't understand. My kid's not interested. Then you keep them by the fire till the fire jumps on them. But you don't give up. You don't quit. You get your kids in the house of God and you make it a priority. When Crystal and I got married... Uh, we, we've, we've always made the house of God a priority in our life. And the reason we make the house of God a priority in our life is because we want God to know when our history is written and it'll all be recorded in the heavens, when our history is written, our life will not just say that we make God a priority in our life. Our life will show that we've made God a priority in our life. I have three children. The oldest is 11 years old. Never one time in the history of their life have they ever looked at us on a Sunday morning and said, are we going to church? Amen or oh me? I know how this sounds. I'm the preacher. I get it. But I'm telling you, I'm only saying this because I care about you and I do not want to lose the next generation. There are plenty of people that are called to work inside of a culture and just try to see what we can get out without ruffling feathers. But God has called me to this region to war against the complacent culture and say we are not going to go silently into this thing. We're going to align our priorities with God's priorities. And it will cost you something. It will cost you friends. It will cost you family relationships. The difference is they'll all come back around. Because right now, they don't even know you're the one to call when they have a problem. They don't even know that you stay up in the midnight hour praying and crying out to God. And the reason they don't know is because there's no priorities in our life that look like it. Why don't you go to that place? Because I believe that place is a place where the devil is consuming people and he's trying to harm people. And it's just not a place where a Christian ought to be spending their time. Are you saying that a Christian can't go there? I'm not saying that at all. That is my priority in my life. You say, well, what if God called me to go in there and witness? Then get in there and witness. But if you're sitting on the bar stool at 3 o'clock in the morning, drinking yourself to sleep, trying to figure out why God's not moving in your life, I'll tell you real clearly, it's because your priorities look like the world's priorities. When God looks down from heaven, he doesn't see which kingdom you're living in. priorities we have a purpose this is not a game we're playing church 
This is not a, this is, I, I, this is not a game we're, we're, we're tiptoeing through and oh, I hope this happens. No, 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 no. Heaven and hell is on the line and you and me are the best thing God has sent into this region to say, I am here to love people and point them to Christ. Priorities, a shift. 900 Sundays before they're 18 years old. That sounds like a lot, but if you have kids, you know for a fact it goes by like that. It goes by just 520 opportunities before they're 10 to make sure that they know that their God will deliver them even out of the mouth of a lion and out of a fiery furnace if they ever find themselves there. 520 opportunities to make sure that they know that nail-scarred hands are the only hands that will never fail. 520 opportunities to let them know that there is an empty grave in the Middle East right now where our Savior walked out of to deliver us from death, hell, and the grave. Priorities. You say, well, well, what do I do now? My kids, they're already this old. Let me tell you something. If they're still in your house, it's not their choice whether they are in the house of the living God on a Sunday morning. I don't want to go to church. Number one, if you've ever been to our kids' church, they want to go to our kids' church, all right? I grew up in a time where like kids' church, like that didn't even exist. I came in the sit and shut up church. That's the one I came up in. You, you were going to be quiet in church whether you were conscious or not. That was an option. You see what I'm saying? Kids' church. I, I tell my kids all the time, y'all, no, they give you, I'm like, they give y'all candy back? They give us candy back there, Dad. I'm like, yeah. My mom's name's Candy, but she wasn't giving me candy in church. She was, if I acted up, she was giving me Larry in church. Praise the Lord. You remember back when parents would ask you, do you want to go to the bathroom? It had nothing to do with whether or not you needed to go. Do you want to go to the bathroom? Absolutely not. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Never. Never in my life do I want to go to the bathroom. I'll hold it forever. Priorities. You got to have some. You got to have some. You got to have some. I don't know where Christianity lost our backbone, but we're getting it back in the name of Jesus. We're going to align our priorities with God's priorities. We're not going to be known for beating people over the head and throwing rocks at people. And the reason we're not going to be known for that is because Jesus is not known for that or we'd all be in hell. All of us. Jesus isn't known for that. I don't want to be known for that. I want to be known for loving people and pointing them to Christ. We're going to major on the major. We're going to stop there. No, we're not going to stop there. That's where we start. We're going to do that and then we're not going to leave the other undone. But it'll cost you something. It always does. It, it'll always cost you something. It, it'll cost, but it always comes back around. God has this way of paying you when nobody else can. He has this way of increasing you when nobody else can. He has this way of just doing it. And, and the thing is, the problem is you've got to do it all by faith because you're never going to see it coming. So we've got to get real comfortable with that. We're never going to see it coming. We're never going to see it coming. God's just going to do it by faith. He's going to do it. But we've got to align our priorities with his priorities. And then he gets right in the middle of them. He said, well, well, preacher, that's real good, but how do I do it? Number four, this is the most important one. This is the most important one by far. Because this, this is the answer. This is the answer to all of it. This is how you live a life with godly priorities in 2017 and beyond. As we go into 2018. Matthew 6, 20, 633, seek ye first, everybody say first. first, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek ye first, seek ye first, number one, most important, seek ye first, seek ye first the kingdom of God, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things. In other words, if you seek the things, you'll miss the kingdom. But if you'll seek the kingdom, you get the things. Seek ye first the kingdom. Let let me give you just a couple of examples. Maybe just one. 900 Sundays. If If they're 10 years old, you're talking 400 or less. 
and the rest of their life. I'm not here to knock anything. I got, I got kids. We play sports all over the planet, it seems like. I don't know why. We just go everywhere playing these sports. But if you go and commit your family for six months to be out of the house of God, to go play a sport that will not redeem their soul, my question is, and this is for real, are you seeking first the kingdom or is the kingdom secondary to some idea of an opportunity? My mom, my mom reminded me of this between services. I, I played, I played uh, baseball through college, and even when I was done, I had other offers to just keep going. Could have played. I, don't, I wasn't a major league guy, but I was pretty good. But she said, she said, your whole life growing up, people would come and they would say, hey, we want Brian to play on this team. They're, they're going to travel. They're going to play on Sunday mornings, and, and they're going to play on Saturday. It'll be a tournament every weekend for, for, for four months, and it's just going to be great. And it's you know, it's going to get all this exposure and scouts and all this other stuff. And they said, no, 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 Sunday is the Lord's day. And they'd say to my parents, they'd say, you know what, he'll never get a college scholarship. <laughs> he'll never get a college scholarship if he doesn't go do this. Well, little do they knew, little do they know, God knows the end from the beginning. I didn't just have athletic scholarships, I had academic scholarships, and I got to go to a Christian college while I did it. Somebody give God a hand of praise. God can do what we cannot do. All these things will be added. It's no, listen, we don't have church on the first day of the week, on the first morning of the first day of the week, by some kind of accident, we seek First, the kingdom, and then we expect God to do what he said, add all these other things unto us. You say, are you saying never miss church? No, I'll miss church every now and then. We're going on a vacation, and I'm not, I'm not saying my kids will never play a sport or have an extracurricular activity that happens on a Sunday. What I'm saying is, I promise you before God, it will never be a priority and while they are in my home, period, end of discussion. It's not going to happen. Why? I love them too much. I got 900 chances to get faith in them and I'm going to go trust that to some uh, 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 idea of, 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 of maybe they can save $2,000 a year and get a scholarship maybe 10 years from now. Give me a biblical break. I'm not losing the next generation. It's time for the church to stand up, understand our purpose, and begin to pursue God with priorities that actually line up with what we say. Oh, I love God with all my heart. You don't even know, preacher. I love, I love God this, I love God that. Then why are you missing church for something you wouldn't miss work for? I know how this sounds. I get it. I don't, even I don't even like the way I'm sounding right now. But I am under a mandate by God. Here is the situation. If, if, if you're missing church for something you wouldn't miss work for, then you are prioritizing your job over the kingdom of God. Well, you don't understand. I got to pay my bills. Yeah, you got to pay your bills. But if you keep doing that, you can rely on your own riches and glory to get you through it. But if you'll prioritize the house of God, the things of God, the kingdom of God, if you'll seek first the kingdom of God, He'll supply your needs according to His riches and glory. Some of you just ought to draw a line in the sand, drive a stake in the ground and say, until Jesus Christ comes back or I'm walking on golden streets in heaven, the house of God is a priority because he told me, seek ye first the kingdom of God. That word seek is very interesting. It's liter it literally means aim at, pursue. Listen to this. One translation says, meditate on, think on. Just think on the kingdom. What can I do for the kingdom? What is the kingdom? Everybody look to the left. And look to the right. That's the kingdom. You're not just an American or just a, a citizen of earth. 
You're a card-carrying member of the kingdom of heaven and God has sent you and left you here to be an ambassador. And what he's told us, he said, I'll add it all to you. But the first thing you need to do is seek God. Aim for. You don't even know if you hit your target unless you are aiming at something. Seek first the kingdom of God. What should my priorities be? I'm not fixing to give you a laundry list of them. But you should sit down and you should think on, meditate on the kingdom and develop some priorities. What what do you mean? I mean, look, I'm not telling you have to hold my line on every area. I'm not telling you have to hold my priority on every single area. Work your salvation out with fear and trembling, the Bible says. But at the end of it all, have some priorities or quit lying to yourself. You know what people need more than anything else? They need us to be real. They need us to be sincere. They need to see that the church is not just a place where people come in and put some fake smile on and lift their hands and then act like everybody else when we leave out of here. How does everybody else know who to call if we act exactly like them? Oh, well, they'll know. How? You didn't know? How will they know? You begin to draw some lines. You say, man, these are my priorities. Some non-negotiables in the priorities are, man, the house of God is a priority of my life. It's a priority. Why? Because I know at least once or twice a week I'm going to go get fed. My faith is going to get fed. Some of us, We'll watch every sports event that comes on could add up to 8 to 10, 12, 15 hours in a week. But somehow that hour and a half on a Sunday morning, it's like it's difficult. And I'm not here to beat you up. I I know why it's difficult. You want to know why it's difficult? Because the devil hates you. He doesn't want you coming in here and getting filled with faith, walking out with your priorities adjusted. You're his worst nightmare. Look at your neighbor right in the face and just say, you're a nightmare. (laughs) You're the devil's worst nightmare. You, with your priorities in line with God, where you're like, what do you want me to do, Lord? Well, first off, I want you to love me with all your heart. Okay, got that, Lord. What else? I want you to love people like you love yourself. Okay, I got that, Lord. What else? He goes, do that, but then don't leave these other things undone. How do I find out the other things? I stay consistent in my priorities and I do my best to never waver and when I do I get right back up because the Bible says that the righteous may fall seven times but we constantly get back up come on give God a big hand of it. you start to align your priorities some of you have never lived consistently for God because you've never gone all in for him Some of you men, you've spent your life like, oh man, that was cool. I'm kind of committed to it. And then you fall back into the other stuff. That's because you never went, what we call where I'm from, you never went in whole hog. You never went all in. You were never designed to go halfway in. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. But when you say, that's it, forget it. I'm not telling you it's got to look like me. It doesn't have to look like somebody else. But you just decided, forget it. I'm going to live for God until I die. Man, when you do that, you are set free. Nothing that anybody says about you has any weight over you anymore. You don't understand. People are going to talk about me. They already talk about you. There's a lot of people that don't like you. My dad doesn't like you. No, I'm just kidding. When you decide that's it, forget it. I'm going all in for God. I'm going to align my priorities with his priorities. When you do this, you are set free 
to become what God has called you to be. Come on, give God a big hand of praise. In just short of two months, we're going to have a special Sunday we're calling Sacred Sunday. For the rest of October, we're going to be talking about living that unbroken life. We're going to have a service we're calling Sacred Sunday, every service. Two things are going to happen. We're going to receive a Sacred Sunday offering, and then we're all going to commit for three months to see, Lord, what would you have me do with my priorities? Because maybe you've, you, you're there today and you say, man, I, I want to draw that line in the sand. I want to go all in for God. You do that, I'm just going to tell you, He's going to speak to you. And what the Lord does is real interesting. He always stretches us. So this is what we feel like we can do. And then He just stretches us. Because if it was only about what you could do, what do we need Him for? So that Sunday, we're going to see a special offering, and I want you praying right now. What role would, you, would God have you play in the growth of this church? You can see the church is growing like crazy. What we've got to do as individuals, knowing our purpose in God, is to align our priorities with His priorities. Let's get out of just Sunday morning enjoying church and then going back and living an unchanged life or can I say it differently, staying in the broken condition that we came to Him in. But rather, let us go. Apostle Paul said it like this, let's run our race as if to attain the prize. That means... Don't just run your race. Run to win. You want to you, you win or not? The answer is yes. Run your race as if to attain. Run your race to win. So Monday through Saturday, everybody's going, what is it? Hey, you want to come out to the family reunion? It's going to be great. We got 17 kegs and we're going to just shove the kids in a corner and they're going to be doing God knows what while we do God knows what. You just say, no, praise the Lord, not going to make it. Sorry. Why not? Oh, well, praise the Lord, just not going to make it. If they keep pushing you, say, well, we just don't have our children around that stuff. You don't have your children around that. What do you mean? Are you too good? I didn't say I was anything. I said, I'm saying we don't have our children around that stuff. What do you mean? Well, I don't want them, you know, seeing a bunch of people getting drunk, smoking 9,000 packs of cigarettes, acting like it's normal, telling them dirty jokes and everybody laughing at everything, and then Uncle so-and-so falls over by 11 o'clock. That's not what I want my kids to think normal is. Well, I just, you're just too good. If you're going to witness or something, that's different, but, but... Whatever you have your kids around, that's normal. And you begin to prioritize the thing. You say, some of you, I could see the light coming on. You go, man, I didn't even know I could make that choice. You can make that choice. You can decide who you're around. Even if it's family. You don't understand. They loaned me money. I feel like I owe them. You don't owe them, you don't owe them your children's soul. You don't owe them the next generation. There's only one who died for you. You don't, you don't owe them your children's life, their spiritual heritage. You say, well, kids come to me and they say, oh, daddy, I thought we were going to this. Cousin, 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 they're so excited about me coming. Now I'm all sad. Well, guess what? We were going to go to that, but instead, guess what we're doing? We're going to Chuck E. Cheese. How does that sound? All of a sudden, the kids are like, well, praise God. I didn't like those things anyway, dad. Let's go watch the rat dance. I see y'all been to Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> you just start to prioritize things. You line them up. Here's, here's another one. I know I talked about kids a lot today because it's just in my spirit right now. But your husband or your wife, you begin to prioritize some time. You say, man, we, we can't get a babysitter. We don't, you know, I don't know how to do it. Well, 
how about you spread a blanket out in the backyard and just sit there and say, we don't have anything else to do, but I'm just going to talk to you because you, in the earth, you are my number one priority relationship. Human. You're my number one human priority relationship. Not alien, no matter what your husband looks like. Praise the Lord. (laughs) You begin to prioritize it. You begin to prioritize it. Some of you, your parents may be in the latter stages of your life, of their life. And you just say, man, I wish I could what? You're not going to have another chance. You prioritize that relationship. You can do it. You can start making these decisions. You can decide, hell or high water, I go to church on Sunday morning. And let me just tell you, you make that decision, let me tell you what you'll see next Sunday at your front door. Hell and high water. (laughs) Because the devil's going to try you. Are you good for your word? He's going to push you in a corner and see how you come out of it. Are you going to come out strong? Trusting in his strength? Are you going to prioritize the things of God? We're going to major on the majors. But then we're not going to leave the other things undone. Let's all stand to our feet. We're going to worship for just a second. you're here today matter of fact bow your head and close your eyes please if you're here today that's me preacher you feel something on the inside say that's me preacher I feel like I need to readjust I'm an engineer, so my background has a lot of different terminology in it, but one would be calibrated. I feel like I need to calibrate my priorities. I need to get them back in line, like getting your, your, your car in line so you're not constantly fighting it from going in the ditch anymore. It's actually headed in the right direction. You can recalibrate or realign your priorities. Nobody's looking around right now. Nobody's going to be embarrassed today. But if that's you and you say, Pastor, this word was for me, Would you please include me in the upcoming prayer? Because I want to get my priorities in line with God's priorities. I want to live that unbroken life. I want to try that. Maybe you've never done that. Maybe you've never said, you know, honestly, I've always kind of reserved a part of myself from going all in for God. And today's the day when you're saying, no, not anymore. I'm going all in today. Nobody's looking around. If that's you, if you want to be included in that prayer, just right now, just lift one hand up so I can see it. Lift them real high. Just like you're trying to show the Lord, that's me, that's me, that's me, Lord. I'm going all in, I'm going all in. There's hands all over the building, church. Is there anyone else? Because I'm about to pray. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. You see these hands. I see you even moving now, Lord. It's okay to cry. It's okay to cry, ma'am. It's okay to cry, sir. That's the Spirit of the Lord just washing that stuff away. Just washing it away even now. Even now. There it is. It's about to come double. You're about to sense him double right now. He just told me you're about to sense... You're about to sense him double even right now. Is there anybody else before we pray wants to be included in this? You're about to sense him double right now. Here he comes. And right there. Give him access to those hurting areas, ma'am. Give him access to those hurting areas. You don't have to protect yourself from him. The more open you are with him, the more healing shows up all on the inside of you. It's okay to cry, sir. It's okay to be emotional. God's cleaning you up right now, top to bottom. He's shifting your whole life, your whole situation. Your whole situation. I'm going to do one more thing, just like Billy Graham used to do. I'm going to say, if you're really serious about it, the Bible says like this. Jesus said, if you're embarrassed to be 
if you're embarrassing me in front of my dad, I'm going to be embarrassed with you. If that's you and you say, no, for real, preacher, I'm drawing a line in the sand. I'm not saying I'm not a Christian. I'm not even saying I had not been living for God. But I'm saying I am shifting my entire priority life today. If that's you and you want to be included in that prayer, come out of your chair right now and meet me right up here at the front. Come out of your chair right now. Meet me. Right. Give them a hand as they come, y'all. Meet me right here at the front. Meet me right here at the front. Come on, give them a big hand, y'all. It's a big shift. Come on, keep clapping, church. I see moms and dads, young men, young women changing and shifting. Everybody look me right in the face. You're the devil's worst nightmare. You are the devil's worst nightmare. Everything's about to shift. I'm so thankful for you, sir. I'm so thankful for you, sir. Everything's about to shift. There's three more. There's three more. That was two. There's three more. Where are you? Come up to the front right now before I pray. Listen, you are the devil's worst nightmare. When you shift, there's three more. There's one. There's two. There you are. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You're the devil's worst nightmare. You're the devil's worst nightmare. You guys are about to wreck the kingdom of darkness that's been messing with you. Because the one thing the enemy wants you to do is live halfway. That's the one thing he wants. But the minute you draw a line in the sand, I see freedom. I see freedom right now in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Freedom now. Freedom now in the name of Jesus Christ. Freedom now. Freedom now. Freedom now in the name of Jesus Christ. Freedom in the name of Jesus. Sing something, shall it? You came to the front, just lift your hands. Come here, sir. that over you now in the name of Jesus he's restoring your heart right now thank you Lord 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 so much power in you so much power in you God's changing everything right now he's changing it all right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Right there. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. A lot of power. A lot of power in you. That's why young men respond to you. They see you and they want to be like you. Just take that whole thing right now. In the name of Jesus. 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 Right there. Where's your family? There you are. Jesus. My God. Whoa. Oh, wow. Y'all stretch your hands right here towards this family. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Wow. Man, what I'm seeing right now is so cool. special. Very special. You're very special, young man. You're very special. You're very special. You know that. Mom and dad's told you that your whole life. 
You're very special. Don't you ever be concerned about how unique you are because God's going to use all those unique characters, characteristics on the inside of you and you're going to reach lots of people and you're going to make your mom and dad so proud and they'll watch you preach like I preach one day. They'll watch you minister like I minister one day. Would you like that? Lift your hands real high. Step forward, son. Lift your hands. I put that gift in him now by the laying on of hands that he'll minister all over the world in the name of Jesus Christ. And he'll flow in power. He'll flow in power. But you're going to have a way to relate to people that I never could. You've got a real unique gift. My spirit, man, really, really connects with it. I thank you for that, Lord. Oh, y'all are doing good, Mom and Dad. Thank y'all for that. Thank y'all. In the name of Jesus. 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 Completely forgiven, so forgive yourself, the Lord says. Forgive yourself. Never one time, never one more time, talk bad about yourself or think a negative thing that anybody said about you because God's reversing everything that somebody said about you. You're not what they said. You're God's wonderful daughter. Oh, you're a healing God. Oh, Thank you for it, Lord. Bless, bless, blessed in Jesus' name. Blessed in Jesus' name. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for this new, fresh, strong commitment. Oh, you're coming into the greatest season of your life. The greatest season of your life. You have you have sown great seed over the years, and you're about to see God move and bring it to life. He said, one water, one plants, one waters, but God brings increase. You're about to see the increase in your life like never before. In Jesus' name. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Ah. My brother right here. I love you. Hey there. How you doing? Bless you. Praise the Lord. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. Coming into a great season even now. Even now. Even now. More time. The Lord says more time. He said, I heard your prayer. And I'm bringing you more time. More time, less effort more time, more money, less effort. Praise the Lord. More time. More time in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, just right where you are, I'm going to ask one more question. Two more. If you're not right with God, I want to pray with you before you leave. So everybody bow your head and close your eyes. You guys just stay right up here. Stay in this presence. If you're not right with God, I want to pray with you before you leave. It won't take but a second. If that's you, if you're not ready to meet Jesus... Lift your hand when I count to three. One, two, three. Lift your hand. Say, I'm not ready. I need to know. I see that hand. If you wanted to lift your hand or you did lift your hand, pray this after me. Say, oh God, I come to you now and ask you to save me. Write my name in your book. I believe Jesus died and rose from the dead for my victory. I'm a Christian now on my way to heaven. Amen. One more question, y'all. If you're here, you've never joined our church, we have a great meeting tonight. I want you to come to it. Sometimes it's hard to get there, but you know this is the house for you. You feel the presence of God. You know this is the house for you. You know it. If you're here, and even, if it's your, even if you're here at the front right now, you say, man, I want to join this church. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to speak. But what I am going to do is we're going to celebrate with you because the Bible says those that are planted in the house of the Lord, they'll flourish. I say flourish. So if that's you, you've never joined our church, but you want to, we just want to tell you we love you. When I count to three, lift your hand real tall. One, two, three, lift your hand real tall. Praise God, praise God. See those hands. Is there anyone else? Even if you filled that card out a hundred times and you're joining our church, just drop it off by the tent. 
Go fill it out one more time. Mark on there, you want to be a member. And then do everything you can to get to our New to New Heights Church uh, meeting tonight. It'll be a great blessing. Let's all lift our hands. Father, in Jesus' name, bless your people coming in. Bless them going out. Bless them in the city and bless them in the field. This day and every day, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. God bless you. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Pastor Brian or New Heights Church, visit newheightschurch.info and be sure to follow Pastor Brian on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, thank you so much for liking and sharing.